0: This is Morning Breath, your drive time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts.
1: Now. Good day out there, Morning Breath family. We are so glad you tuned in to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. This is Chris Johnson, and I'm just pinch-hitting for our beloved host, Pastor Dan Stahlbaum, today. But I'm honored to be here, and I'm honored that I'm not alone. We've got some friends with us today making the program happen. Of course, Nick, our engineer, hitting the buttons, doing the magic. He's awesome. We super appreciate you, Nick. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. And we have my friend, my co-laborer, amazing pastor and communicator of the Word of God, so I'm super glad he's here to help me to do this today. David Gammon, how are you, sir?
2: I'm doing amazing. Super excited to be here as well.
1: Thanks for coming, man. I like your shirt. David's rocking a beautiful camo roar shirt today, so I had had to give him props for that. (laughs) So, hey, if you're tuned in, this is a simple program. We really want to encourage people to have a time of devotion. Um, Devotion is a romantic word. It's an intimate word. It means devoted. It means commitment. It means passion. It means love. And that's how we're supposed to live. Jesus was devoted to the will of the Father. He was passionate about it. And he was devoted to fulfilling the mission to come and lay down his life for others. And that's what devoted means. And so we want to be devoted to Scripture and to following Jesus. And it's simple. For this program, all you do is read a chapter of the Bible the night before, again in the morning. Tune in if you're listening in the morning. Maybe you're listening in the afternoon. Maybe you listen to the podcast. this evening for you. It doesn't matter what time of day. But read the word, read the chapter, and just see what God speaks to you. And that's what we've done. And we just have a conversation live here on the air. Uh, together about what God spoke to us. So it's really cool. It's a great conversation around God's word. David Gammon, would you let these folks know if they want to get in on what chapter we're going to be reading and follow Morning Breath? How can they connect with us?
2: Absolutely. First, the best way to connect anything East Coast is go download our app on whatever your mobile device is and wherever you get apps for your mobile device, whether it's the Google Play or the iTunes Store, go do that. Put in the East Coast app and that will be the best way for Morning Breath or our worship experience on the weekends. Digital small groups, meeting small groups in person, um, scriptures that heal, a lot of really good. That app is a modern way for discipleship, and it's really good. So good. That's a so, great point, man. So it's it's if you're like, man, I need something to help me take my next step, the app is a great tool for that. Also go to our website, another great tool, eccc.us, and you'll be able to see Morning Breath there. Another resource that if you need anything East Coast, you can find it. Another phenomenal tool to stay connected with us is follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. If you got a TikTok, go follow us on TikTok. And now you won't get as much information on TikTok, but Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, as cheesy as it sounds, like, subscribe, follow. We are trying our best to put out quality content to encourage yeah. and edify your walk with Jesus daily, if not weekly, so.
1: Yep, and I love, you know, that's not us trying to to fluff our numbers mm. for you to click like and subscribe. It's actually so you can feel connected. I One of the sad things that happens is I never knew that was happening. How did I miss that? you know, that church event, like for example, this Sunday, we're doing an awesome event where we're gonna do some baptism, some worship, pr- uh, fellowship, prayer. Our It'd young adult's awesome. gonna be there, mezzanine, mm-hmm. TNT's gonna be there, our church Sunday, this uh, Sunday at six o'clock. And we would hate for you to miss that information. If you don't listen to Morning Breath, but you got the app open or you subscribe to all of our posts, you'd get that info. So. Well,
2: one guy came to me one time and he goes, he goes, pastor, you don't need to worry about telling people to like and subscribe. Just let God do his thing. And I said, man, thank you for that encouragement for what I'm doing. But respectfully, this is kind of the digital invitation card. So you'll it be is. seeing out on social media coming out that we're going to have this, like Pastor Chris was referring to, this amazing worship and beach service. Baptisms will be going on. Really, the whole family is going to be gathered together. I am so pumped for this. Yeah, me too. And when you see it out there, if you see someone that needs to be baptized, or we're talking about, tag them in it. Perfect. Drop their name in it. How he easy just is that? Digitally invited it. You put it, you brought it up in the conversation. Yep. And um, I want to encourage you guys just to do that today. And let's let's show up and let's baptize some people.
1: That's so good. Well, here there you go, guys. Morning Breath is really a ministry of East Coast Christian Center. We're called to be a life-giving church that lasts. So also if you've been listening and you don't have a home church that you're connected to. You can watch church online, see if this would be a place. If you're really connecting and the Lord's leading you here, you can still come in person. We do um, socially distance and safe you know, guidelines in our practices to do meetings in our buildings. So anyway, we'd love to see you here at one of our services. All that info is online. We're going to get into the Word. We're in Mark chapter 3 today. And uh, and I'm really excited about this. There's so many fun things happening, and um, let's just see what God shows us today. As we read his word, David Gammon, if you're going to start us out today, looks like you're reading through verse 19, is that right? Yes, sir. What translation are you in? I'm
2: doing New Living Translation.
1: Beautiful. I will help you get started, and I'll take over at verse 20 in New King James. I
2: say unto you, read, sir. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed the man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come with me and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they, would, they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hardened hearts. He said to them, Hold out your hand. He said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At once, the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and from the east of the Jordan River, even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon the news about his miracles had spread far and wide and his vast numbers of people came to see him jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so that the crowd would not crush him so he had healed so he healed many people that day all so all of the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him and whenever and whoever was possessed by the devil the spirits caught up the sight of him. The spirits would throw themselves to the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God. But Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were, accompanied, they were to accompany him and would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the 12 he chose, Simon, who was named Peter, James, and John, the sons of Zebedee. But Jesus re- Jesus nicknamed them the sons of thunder, Andrew, mm-hmm. Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed
1: him. Continuing in verse 20, New King James, Then the multitude came together again, so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub, or by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. And so he called them to himself, and he said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but he has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation, because they said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him, and a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him, and he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother Amen. Ah, man. boom jesus lots of red letters mm-hmm. showing us how it's done what an awesome thing i, I heard this said um, that the bible is a book of examples not exceptions and i think that's a really awesome thought to think as we read through these gospels we've been talking about it this week about the book of mark and how lightning quick and how powerful it is and as he testifies of the book uh, of the works of Jesus. And these are examples. These are not just exceptions. Yes, he is the son of God and he is exceptional and he is the he is the one and only son of God. But when he left, he said, I'm giving you authority to do what I've been able to do and to make disciples and to heal the sick. And so I love these examples. They're reminders to me of our mission. And uh, it's really exciting to see some of this stuff. Um, David, as you read, man, what, what stuck out to you? Love to hear that.
2: A couple of things stood out to me. Probably the first one, that jumped out is Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed the man with a deformed hand. And this whole encounter, he does not pull the man aside to the private. I mean, it says Jesus has enemies. And it says these people are going to be plotting to kill him. We would, if we had to minister to somebody, would, yeah. would pull them over the corner and say, hey, man, I noticed your hand. Hey, yeah, uh, I, I can help that. Let me see. it. Look, we can't be seen right now. Right. You know, But even worse, when we want to pray for somebody or we want to do something, we want to like do anything spiritual, we have this like, I don't want to call it sh- almost a shame and an embarrassment of our Savior and our Christian faith that we need to now wow. treat it like, oh, we need to hide. We need to. Oh, if we're gonna pray for somebody, oh, we need to go hide. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you you make a spectacle out of somebody or you just puff yourself up and you're like, yep, get out here in the center right. I'm gonna pray for you and show everybody how holy I am. I'm not talking about that. But Jesus was like, no, I'm not hiding. My God's good, and we want when we understand our God is good, we want people to see that. Mm. Uh, Chris and I, we both have beautiful wives. We do not hide (laughs) our wives' pictures underneath our desks for us to just look at when nobody's around. We put them on the forefront of our desk. All over the walls of our room and office. So when you walk in our office, we see it. And that's how our love for Jesus needs to be. Mm. When you walk into our story, you see our love in the forefront. And if I'm going to pray for somebody— giving respect to what's going on, I'm going to not hide or have a fear of shame. Because the truth is, this storyline ends and eternity begins. And I don't want to look and have this little time I have cast a shadow on the eternity that God has for me.
1: I love that you just started there, man. And that's right out (laughs) of the gate in in the first part of the chapter today. Um, You know, it reminded me, I was at the gym literally this last week, and one of the guys that works out there had hurt his pinky, and it was literally bent down, and he couldn't straighten it, and I, you know, the gym is not like here at church. I can pray for somebody at church, like you said, boldly out in the open, and I know there are no watchers. There are no accusers. There's nobody that's going to throw the rule book at me. You know, it's a really safe. It's actually an environment that celebrates praying for people that are sick, right? We believe that as a church. You know, we believe what Jesus said that, you know, these signs will follow those who believe in my name, <laughs> you know, that, that we'll actually be able to do these things. But in the gym, it's a little different. It's not my house. It's it's not a place where mm-hmm. people go to ex- achieve spiritual fitness as much as physical fitness. But, man, the the moment I saw his pinky, the Lord moved on my heart. Pray for him. And so, like you said, you know, we could we could go, hey, let's go over to the corner of the gym that nobody uses in the ab machine. Nobody's over on the ab machine. Everybody hates that thing. Let's go over there and hide and let's be secretive about it. But, no, right there in the middle of all the free weights where all the beefcakes are, where the heaviest traffic is, That was the spot, you know. It was like, let's just do it right now. And I asked him, "Can I pray for your hand?" Boom, me. I prayed for him. My my good friend Mike Green, who supports this program, who works out with me. We prayed for him. We gathered up. It definitely wasn't a spectacle, but it wasn't also very secretive. It was like right there in front of God and everybody in the Mm -hmm. gym. And it was we were quoting this actual chapter, like he healed a withered hand. He can heal this withered pinky. And we prayed for him, you know, and. Like, those are the moments where I love that you said that. We don't hide our pictures of our wife. We shouldn't hide the truth of who Jesus is and who he wants to be through us. We, we shouldn't hide his goodness from people that want to be healed. Like, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Romans 1:16 1, 1, or one sixteen says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the very power of God unto salvation. You want to see God move in power? Be unashamed and start sharing that he is good, that he is loving, that he is forgiving, that he's a healer, that he's a redeemer right there. And you know what? Obviously, we want to be tactful. Uh, I'm not here to, to upset anybody, but exactly. there, there, there is a balance here. But if you have been timid, if you have been hiding the picture of your your, your Jesus, you, know, for, you only pull them out, man, don't worry about the watchers and the accusers. Be bold with your faith. I think that's a great encouragement.
2: Man, I love that. And, and really, kind of like if I had to say, I don't want to say one's more important than an, another, but looking at the scriptures that we've read today, we definitely can't uh, peruse past the uh, analogy of, not analogy, the confrontation. Because actually when Matthew talks about, hey, uh, blasphemy in the Holy Spirit and what you've just done, Pharisees, and what you've just accused me of, Matthew actually portrays a deeper hurt. Um, and Jesus is like, I'm done with you guys. And from this moment forward, Jesus only speaks in parables when right. he does mass teachings. And I love that. Jesus goes savage. I love savage Jesus. <laughs> and, but we have to understand that, like Pastor Chris was saying, it's the the leading, the unction, and the following of the Holy Spirit in our hearts as what we know to do next. And and what prefaced that encounter was Jesus was able to look out and say, man, I ain't had lunch. I'm tired. There's sick people all around me. They get healed. You know, he's like, praise dad. He's like, mm. but I need a boat.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I need a boat. See, because not every miracle needs to be baby angels throwing pixie dust all over everybody. Sometimes a miracle is a a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, a movement of the Holy Spirit in your head that says, hey, I need to do something logistically in my life so that my purpose that God's given me can flow easier out of me because there's some things in the natural that are hindering me. Mm, It's good. And he was like, what's hindering me can be solved if I could just get on that boat and I can do that." When we move too fast, we multiply our mistakes, right? And I'm going to say that again. When, <laughs> you're moving good. faster because you think you're going to accomplish more. Often moving faster just means you mess up more, All right. Jesus was like, okay, if I know I'm going to reach even more people now, I'm going to move slower. I'm going to change my methodology up because what saved me yesterday and helped me in my process yesterday, it might not be the same process that God has for me tomorrow. And I tell people all the time, the Bible holds the book of Proverbs, in the book of Acts. The book of Acts, you see that Holy Spirit just just rushing through this place. Yeah. Book of Proverbs is like, yo, pay your bills. Get up early. Yeah. Don't be a sluggard. Be nice to people. You know? And it's it's very naturally-minded wisdom. So
1: I love that you shared that. That that verse stuck out to me, verse 9, that you're referring to. He said, you know, it says here in the New King James, and when he looked around, excuse me, that's verse 5. Let's move forward to the one I highlighted. So he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready or prepared for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. Here is, I love that you talked about two things. One, wisdom, but two, the pace of life. Because that speaks to me, right? Like that's challenging to me. I am a guy who I, I actually do well when there's high pressure and I have to move fast. Same here. But I don't do well living that as a lifestyle and nobody does. There are moments for that, right? Ecclesiastes says there's a time for yep. everything under the sun. There is a time to hustle. There's, you know what is awesome though is there is a pace that a Matthew eleven twenty eight verse would invite us into that Jesus would say, um, come unto me. All who are weary and heavy laden with burdens and I'll give you rest and take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it and I'll teach you and I love the message translation, learn to walk to the unforced rhythms of grace. See, there's this thing called hurry sickness and it's an actual thing. It's not just a feeling, it's actually clinically studied. There are science behind the dangers to your physical and emotional health of always being in a hurry. Is
2: there a book on it? Cause I will write it if you need me to. Like, <laughs> I feel you on that. Yeah.
1: And, and there are books, for example, I'll just quote a few. And I love that we can give some resources. And if today you're feeling like, man, my life is way moving fast. I wouldn't even have time to think to do what Jesus did in verse nine to prepare something. It's just respond and react. And, and I never get to think through my day or my life. It's always just that couple books, the, the ruthless elimination of hurry by pastor John Mark Comer. Awesome book. Uh, Take the Day Off by Pastor Robert Morris. Awesome book. And then another one is Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. And that's by uh, Paul Gaultier, I believe, and I might have messed up his last name. I read these three books in the last year because I was living in chronic hurry sickness. And let me tell you, if you're always in a hurry, you're going to miss opportunities. Like Jesus, how much would, would the minimization have been of his ministry if he didn't think about the fact that there'd be multitudes crushing on him and he didn't he needed to have a plan to go, I foresee evil here and I'm going to hide myself from it. Like Proverbs says, to come back to what you said, wisdom says, I can tell that the enemy is not going to let me just do this without resistance. He's going to present a problem. I can be as wise as a serpent, but as shrewd as a dove and, and I can have a plan so that I can still fulfill the call of God when life pre- Presses in on me. And let me tell you, we all feel this right now. Life is pressing in on us, but there is a pressure on the inside of you that will always um, overwhelm the pressure that is being put on the outside of you. If you will tap into the power of God and the wisdom of God and take time to talk to him. You know what? I bet Jesus was one of those times where he often withdrew to a quiet place to pray. That is called the elimination of hurry. He slowed down. He listened to his father. God said, son, you're going to want to have a boat. (laughs) He said, thanks, God. Thanks for the heads up. I mean, how many times have we you... God's been saying that to me for years. <laughs> Amen. i feel that word too, Jesus. Yes, Lord. 22 feet. All Jesus right. needs a bottle on the boat, Nancy. <laughs> That's good. All the men are going to go talk to their wives about Amen. that. But anyway, thank you for bringing that out. That's such a—it's a challenging, and it hits me at home. I, I definitely am—I'm in um, hurry anonymous. You well, know, I'm, I'm overcoming. Gonna,
2: I'm going to counter gratitude. Thank you for <laughs> what you just said, because here's what jumped out at me when you were talking. Hardest working person in the chapter, Jesus. For sure. All right? Busiest and most drained person in the chapter, Pharisees. Mm. Why? Because their work was labor of bitterness. Come on. And plotting. See, Jesus was working nonstop, but he was working in his Father's will. Yes. You see, uh, you might be able to drop a 14, 16-hour day out there like Jesus is doing here in these moments. Mm. Um, and was he tired? Yes. But I promise you right now, the Pharisees were way more wore out because they were working out of a position of bitterness, deceit, betrayal. They were corrupt in yep. what their hearts were. Had they just slown down, and he could have looked from a heart. They missed the Messiah because they were moving so fast and then would lead them to have an account, to, to say something where Jesus finally would have to be like, you know what, he's like— you're black. You you have now become. You've you've rushed yourself. You've never slowed down. You've never had your quiet time. You've never heard of God. That you've become your own God to a level that you're saying, "Hey, um, he's of the devil." Yeah. And he's here's how crazy this this. Um, what they're saying is, and I'm just going to pick a random sports team with no no history, no nothing. I'm right, just picking any sports team out there. Uh, let's say the New England Patriots, all right? Let's say they're <laughs> accused of cheating, which would never happen. Hypothetically. Uh, hypothetically. But it would be like if the New England Patriots were accused of cheating against themselves and not even winning the game against the other team. Right. We'd be like, this doesn't make sense. Right. You see, we always think about this from, uh, a lot of us think about this from a governmental mindset of a civil war. But the problem is a civil war makes sense. Right. But, hey, the the Patriots are losing to the Cleveland Browns because the Patriots keep cheating against the Patriots. Jesus is like, that doesn't make sense. Correct. And that's what Jesus is saying to his people. How can a kingdom war against itself? Well, we know a civil war can But we're like, how could? why would a sports team cause itself to lose against the other team? And that's what Jesus is saying. Mm. And, that's a great analogy. And, and the problem was is at this time, <laughs> excuse me, and Paul would encounter this too in Acts, is that— because all the other religions on the planet were fake, all right? Their gods would be able to war other gods. So it wasn't uncommon to hear Zeus was going to fight this god and and Olympus was going to fight that god. Jesus is like, I'm 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 it. Yeah. And you're crazy and you don't even know the whole kingdom system so this makes no sense I can't I can't war against myself yeah. and that's hope for you because there is one true God his name is Jesus he calls you friend he went to the cross for you and he wants to walk with you
1: man that's a good word yeah he's in a class of his own those other lesser lowercase g gods sure they can be on equal footing but it wouldn't be a contest it'd be you know it'd be an ant fighting a lion like let's just be honest Come on. Yeah, I love that. That's a great example. You know, it was interesting. You talked about the Pharisees here, and I'll say something that I try to do. Uh, When I read Scripture, I try to find myself in the story, And I try to stand in the shoes of every character mentioned. So we've got a lot of mentions. We've got the 12 disciples mentioned here. We've got multitudes mentioned. We've got Pharisees mentioned. We've got Jesus mentioned. Um, We've got a man that's sick and needs healing mentioned. And I actually try to say, am I in this person's shoes in any way? And I will tell you, you know, nobody likes to admit this, myself included. But have you ever done what the Pharisees did in verse 2? They watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. You ever had something preloaded as an accusation against somebody, against a, um, a, a preacher, a worship leader, somebody being used of God, just to accuse them, just to discredit them? I mean, I, I know that got heavy. Uh, we've all done it, you know? We've got this prejudice or this bias, and we we, we close off our heart, and we can't learn. And um, I just— you know, I'm not saying be open-minded to, to bad teaching. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Please don't mishear me. But I will say that it's easy to try to become the judge of motives, Come and on. it's easy to, to partner with who is called the accuser of the brethren in the word. That's Satan, right? And nobody wants to be fighting on that guy's team. It's like running the ball the opposite way down the field, back to a football analogy. Why would I want to run a touchdown up on the mm. scoreboard for the other team? That, that accusation business that we can get caught in with that religious spirit that the yep. Pharisees have done. So uh, just a reminder— Always want to better identify with Jesus in the story. What was he doing? He was looking, he was watching too. He watched, but he watched to heal. He watched to redeem, come on. To, 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 to actually set people free from a sentence, whereas these guys were watching to condemn. And that's the big difference. So we're going to take a quick break, and David's going to close down this chapter as we come back. Station.
0: That's right. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. We offer free estimates, and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting. Treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, The Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133 for more information. That's 452-1060 or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning
2: Breath.
1: breath. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for being in in this chapter with us today. And as we kind of close out, David, anything
2: else you would want to say as we finish out in Mark 3 today? Yes, absolutely. Um, When Jesus is talking to people, we have to keep that mindset that you were talking about before. And I want to encourage you, if you're just jumping in now, go and listen to the podcast. Um, uh, Pastor Chris talked about... We need to be encouraging each other. We need to be looking at each other as teammates. That we need to not have a spirit of judgment and and having to like be like the 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 accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. He'd even go as far as say, "Is anybody doing God's will?" Is my mother, my brother, my sister. He's like, listen, we have to have that mindset. He doesn't say, he doesn't say my coworker. He does not say, hey, they clock in at the same time. He says, (laughs) you see that person over there? They're family. We have to understand, family can get messy. All right. Family can get, you know, Mm -hmm. brutal sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, we we wind up saying stuff that that we didn't mean. We're passionate about things. We're passionate in different directions. But that's why the foot of the cross is a level playing ground. It's a level field. We have to understand that, hey, that person's moving for Jesus. I'm moving for Jesus. We need to give grace. And even a step farther, that the Bible just doesn't say, hey, pray for the family. It says, pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies because we want to make them family. That's right. All right. That that coworker of yours that you just wish God would just take away. How about we just have them have the revelation that he's taken away their sin? Okay. All right. And they Preach become that. family. All right. This is about making the family bigger. That's good. So I tell you what, guys, we're about to start preaching again. We're gonna we're gonna close <laughs> out now. Go, go get the app, get the podcast. We love you guys. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.